it was a great, great night. We went dog sledding in, at night there. That was actually at the dog sledding school. And we took, I've never done, I mean, I've done dog sledding before, like ridden, but I'd never gone at night. It is crazy. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am so excited to be back in your ears today with this episode because let me tell you what, it was so fun to record. (laughs) And I know that I majorly geek out about travel, but I'm pretty sure you do too. So you are in for it today. This conversation is high energy. The stuff we're getting into today is the stuff that keeps me going and absolutely lights me up as a traveler. I think you can hear my smile the entire time pretty much. And I'll tell you now that it's actually part one of what ended up being a two-part conversation. Um, So we get to have a similar experience again in the next episode. Uh, We are about to take a majorly epic adventure around the globe with my friend Sherry Ott from OttsWorld.com. You guys may remember Sherry from past episodes. She has shared with us several experiences about long distance hikes around the world, including the Kamano Kodo Trail in Japan and others you may remember. And she is back today because she has traveled for most of the last 15 years or so. And so much of that has been to off the beaten path destinations. Sherry loves to find hidden gems. She's an active traveler who seeks out adventure. She loves trying and learning new things, uh, whether she's in the far reaches of the planet or somewhere right in her own backyard. Um, She's now based in Colorado and has spent her season of lockdown of COVID creating an epic guide for you called Where to Go and When. And this is a PDF. It's an ebook that you can download for free at her website, otsworld.com. There is a link in the show notes for you. And I'll ask her to explain a little bit more about how she designed the book. But I'll tell you now, there is something for everyone because for every month of the year, she's included three ideas for an epic adventure, like mind-blowing type of stuff, an international, meaning non-US-based destination, and a US-based destination. Uh, Most all of which are off the beaten path, hidden gems. And because I'm the one having this conversation with her, I'm going to go ahead and throw in extra ideas as well based on my experiences over the many, many years. So just wait. Oh man. And maybe I should warn you as well that your bucket list is about to grow possibly exponentially. Sorry, not sorry. I can't wait to get started. So let's get into where to go for January through June with Sherry. Today's episode is supported by Manta Sleep at mantasleep.com. This is a company who believes that having quality sleep is the foundation for everything good that happens in life. Manta Sleep has innovated several different kinds of eye masks. These 
sleep masks are designed for blackout because they have soft cups that go over your eyes and they're adjustable for custom fit to your face. And because of the design, the masks do not press on your eyes at all, which is amazing in itself. They're made with durable anti-stretch elastics and snag-free material. And one of their brilliant designs is the Aroma Mask, which comes with scent vents where you can insert lavender sachets to help calm and relax you as you fall asleep. I have one of these masks. It's like bringing the spa to your face (laughs) or to your plane seat. You can use code JUMP10 to save 10% on sleep masks and other sleep accessories at mantasleep. That's M-A-N-T-A, mantasleep.com. Sherry, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. It's a little warm here in Denver, but it's, uh, it's sunny and that's all I ask for. Yeah, that's, I know. These days, the sun is like the, the greatest thing you can hope for each day, isn't it? <laughs> Sadly, thank God. (laughs) Um, Well, thanks for having me back. This is really fun. Yeah. So you guys might remember Sherry from. uh, We actually talked about the uh, the Camino Cotto. I was trying to say Camino de Santiago. That's not right. We talked about the uh, Camino Cotto, and then also um, some other international. Yeah, long distance mm-hmm. hikes. So this is actually what your third time on the show, I think. I think it or is. Or maybe, yeah, really I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you are very welcome back. Thank you so much for for being here. I'm really excited to talk about what you have created that we are going to get into today, which is your where to go and when ebook. Um, but let's just have a little disclaimer conversation (laughs) because um, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. And so while where to go and when is going to be a fabulous uh, resource (laughs) for actual travel at some point, I feel like right now it's going to be a fabulous resource for inspiration. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, Wait, so yeah, this is a project you put together during COVID. So how has this been for you? How has COVID been? (laughs) I'm crying. Oh, COVID. Mm. Um, It's been really interesting. Um, I think it's very hard. I traveled as much as you, probably even more than you in Mm -hmm. some ways, uh, leading into this. And so putting a halt to everything was really tough. And it is really tough. I, I will say the first week, month or so, it's kind of fun because all of a sudden I'm like, Woo-hoo, I have time and I'm home and I can enjoy my home. And, and there is an element yet that I do really like about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, now it's been how many months? I don't even know anymore. Mm-mm, and I don't count ready to go again. Yeah. 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 Um, but the best things that come out of this are things like the ebook where when I did sit down and everything got shut down and my plans all, fell off my calendar completely. I was like, well, okay, it's time to start doing all the stuff that I've put off and never have time to do. And the ebook idea, uh, this particular ebook idea had been on my wish list for a very long time. So it was, you know, that's how this was born. Mm-hmm. And I would have never had the time to do this otherwise. So yeah, some good comes of it. <laughs> yeah. And you got to, um, this is totally a different subject, but you got to play host mom for a several adorable 
tiny kittens, foster mom. Yes. Good for you. Yes, I was so lucky. And that's, that has saved me. In fact, I'm going to pick up some more uh, probably next week. Yeah. It's a, this hit at the right time because it's when kitten season is. Um, There is actually a kitten season. Yes. (laughs) Newsflash. It's kitten season. (laughs) Yes. It is kitten season. Mm. (laughs) And um, so they always need a lot of help at the shelter that I volunteer at. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. I live alone, you know, so having little kittens around happy, you can't be, you can't be too sad when there's kittens around. (laughs) I think that's such a good idea. I heard about a lot of people um, either actually adopting puppies or, um, (laughs) you know, fostering. And I think you had to get in early for that because then the shelter is kind of locked down, you know, and and all the foster animals were at least around here, like they were spoken for. And so it was so brilliant for some people to, you know, grab a a warm, cuddly body to have with them (laughs) at home during COVID because, oh man, I mean, I live alone and I there I live a- alone. I mean, I have plants. Like, yeah, they, that do it. you can't cuddle with no. plants. Like there's <laughs> nothing. It's, it's, it's so it's been hard. It's been hard to be alone. Yeah. So I am, but I just, yeah. I love that that's in your heart to foster kittens anyway. Like yeah. that's something that you love to do while you're home. I, when you were traveling and fostering kittens, I'm like, how do you even do this? Like you're home for a minute and you have a foster kitten. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, so kitten season is real. And so they yeah. definitely need help. Mm-hmm. So anytime yeah. I was home for more than two weeks, which quite honestly wasn't that much, but yeah. whenever I was home for more than two weeks, I would call the foster group and let them know and they would get kittens out to me. Um, So yeah, it was, it was crazy, but I love it so much. Mm -hmm. It makes me so happy when I'm home and normally, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just home working from home, you know, when you work from home too, and you need to just sit and write, like that's perfect. You're around, you can watch them, you can Mm -hmm. socialize them, you can, you know, take care of them. So it works. And as you know, when you travel like we do, you can't have a pet. I mean, it's no. really hard to have a pet. Yeah. And I love pets, mm-hmm. but I also love travel. So yeah. this was my compromise yep. of being able to have both. It's so brilliant. So It's so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, yeah, COVID sort of served up on a silver platter this, this time for you to create this project that you've been thinking about for so long. So let's talk about that because... There are so, so many cool places in here that I want to make sure we have time to touch on. So do you want to maybe sort of introduce the idea behind the book and um, and give people sure. an idea of what we're going to get into today and how you've structured sure. it? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I, gosh, I've been on the road since 2006, so 14 years now. And so I've done a lot of stuff. Um, and... I was always interested in writing a book about, you know, hey, if it's February, you should go here or there, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something by month, the where to go and when. And I know that I'd seen other big publishers do books like this. Lonely Planet is one of them. I think they have one. There's a few out there. But I wanted to approach it from more of a unique standpoint of, These are all places I have personally been, just me. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you those other books are from (laughs) multiple authors of, you know, and opinions. And maybe they might not have even been there, quite frankly. Yep. Uh, 
all kind of know how that works. So I wanted to really push this as like, these are places that I've personally been to. I've taken these trips and these are not your run of the mill places. Um, there are a couple in here, but the majority of them are all quite unique. And that's just because that's my travel style. In yeah. fact, I even started out talking about how my goal is to explore and find new places. That's just how I love to travel. Um, you know, outdoorsy, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But so I would guess that most of these places, many of these places, even the most um, avid travelers haven't even heard of. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, that's cool too, because in a time of COVID and depending on how things open up, um, these are not places that are heavily touristed at all. Mm -hmm. So that kind of makes it nice. I mean, granted, I know you and I were talking earlier, like when I wrote this, when I finally sat down <laughs> to write it, um, <laughs> You know, I knew obviously people couldn't go places. So this isn't meant to be, you know, I'm not telling people to go now or anything like that. It was always meant for inspiration, to get ideas. So if you know that you have, I don't know, if you have kids that have a spring break in March and you want a really kind of different, unique idea, this might give you an idea. Or you always have time off in September or whatever that is. Um, it was always meant for inspiration. Uh, however, it is organized um, in a way, it obviously goes by month, and I couldn't, I couldn't choose just one place to go at a month. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no, yeah. I did too many, there were too many things I wanted to share. So I actually split it into three, I chose three places every month, and they basically break into, I chose one like epic, epic trip a month. Um, so every trip has kind of in these like cream of the crop trips, um, they're generally adventures that are hard to access, maybe challenging, majestic, sometimes unthinkable. Um, yes. And they tend to be longer trips further away. And they also, quite frankly, tend to be more expensive. So it is something that is truly inspiration. There's not going to be people who just like look at that epic trip and go, okay, I've got the money to drop and, and do this immediately. It's you're probably going to want to plan for it. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely just starts that inspiration piece. Um, so you'll find one of those every month. You'll also find a either an international trip or a festival, could be both, um, each month. So something that like was a really cool international experience um, that I had had or uh, a festival that I went to either in the United States or anywhere in the world. Um, once again, most of these are pretty unique festivals. These are not things that you've heard of probably before. They're quirky in some ways. So fun for me. And then finally, the third type of thing I included every month is a United States trip. So most of my audience, at least, is from America. Um, and I felt like, well, you know, some people don't always, some people don't have the money or the, the desire to do these epic trips or go international or whatever. So let me give them uh, some United States options. And um, I still think those are also pretty unique. Um, these are not like the typical cities. These are second cities and sister cities and stuff like that. So I really tried to stay true to that um, uniqueness of all these destinations. And then what you'll, what you'll find in the book is that the book, I mean, this would be huge if I had three places for 12 months, you know, and wrote in detail about all of them. I basically give an overview of why it's great, 
Um, I share some pictures. I There's a map that you can click on and see where it's at if you don't know where it's at. And then um, there's a way that you can read more about it, which takes you then to more detailed articles I've written on my website, you know, from when I did that trip in whatever year. So there's more information to be had, but this is all really, you know, look through it, get some inspiration, write down some of these places, find out where they are, and hopefully you'll be interested to go. Yes. I love it. Okay. That was a great summary of what we're going to get into. Thank (laughs) you for that. Let's talk real quick about, this is a free ebook, correct? Yes. Yeah. So people, if you like what you're hearing, there's, you can have this for your very own self by going to Sherry's website at ottsworld.com, which is O-T-T-S world.com. And you can just grab it there. So um, please do that. Yeah. You can, you can look and see the visuals. It's really, really beautifully designed. Sherry did a very, very good job on this book. So I encourage you guys to go check it <laughs> I out. I did have help. So I, I, I can't take all the credit oh, on the design, but I did have some help. The ghost yeah. designer. <laughs> I'm kidding. That, well, we actually, all need help. I was really, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I don't know. I mean, this was done through, do you use Canva? Jackie? I Okay, I am the kind of person that even needs help with Canva. So I'm like oh, okay. bowing down to you here. So to, yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I know what Canva is. Through Canva. It was actually, it was pretty cool that you oh. could do all this in there. I mean, it cool. took a lot of work, but it was, yeah. But it is very, as you said, it's very picture heavy. I yeah. do a lot of photography. And so to me, inspiration is about seeing a place or, you know, hear about a place and being like, oh my gosh, you know, like, oh, I have to go there. Where in the world is that? So there are lots of pictures. I mean, (laughs) if you hear Churchill, Manitoba, you have no idea what that is. And when you see a picture, it's going to the top of your bucket list. I mean, that's (laughs) imagery is important. We are travelers. This is what we thrive off of. So yeah. Um, Okay. So yeah, you guys can get the ebook on her website at autsworld.com. And then I was thinking as we go through, um, if I come up with anything to add per month, I'm also going to throw that in just for the podcast because yeah, this, this gets my brain going big time. I mean, I'm going through these like, Oh yeah. And what about this? And so I might add some fun anecdotes here that that's great. I would love that. Yeah. Those won't be in the book though. So (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> but we can, I mean, maybe talk about a few of those here, but yeah. Okay. So, um, and the blog posts are clickable. So from this thing is clickable. It's a PDF. So you can click straight through to learn more about any of these destinations if you guys want to. So it's pretty cool. It's very well designed. Good job, Sherry. I'm just say <laughs> I was impressed <laughs> when you. I looked at it like, wow, yes, we need to talk about this. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and start. Let's do January. Sure. I'm assuming we'll okay. start with January. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so January. So remember, the epic trips always come first. Uh, in this, the epic trip that I chose was going to the Ross Sea in Antarctica. Um, something I did, uh, I don't know, three or four years ago. Um, and it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's a way to Antarctica that very, very few people go on. I think the numbers that I remember when I researched it was like, I don't know, 50,000 people go a year from Ushuaia, from Argentina, and do the two-day Drake Passage to the peninsula of Antarctica. But only like 500 people go. This actually leaves from New Zealand and Mm -hmm. takes you to Mm -hmm. eastern Antarctica and the Ross Sea. And it is a journey that lasted 28 days on a small ship. 
Yeah. It's epic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like, uh, can't even imagine. I yeah. do you not get seasick? Oh, I was seasick. Oh. Yeah. No, I was seasick for I was seasick solid for about four days. Oh, and then, then it disappeared. You know, they say that your body adjusts and it does. Okay. It was crazy. Hmm. I've I've never what I also went to Antarctica once through the Drake Passage, but um and I was sick there too, but that's only a two day thing. So but this was one that yeah, your body actually wow. adjusts. You get your sea legs for sure. Wow. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, it's beautiful. And this, one of the things that also, there's so many things that make this trip unique to the Ross Sea, but um, this is one of the few ways that you will ever be able to cross the Antarctic circle. Mm. There are a lot of trips that go to Antarctica and when they go to the peninsula, most of them, the majority of them never get below the Antarctic circle because Mm -hmm. it's just too far south. The ice is too heavy. Um, but this way, going from New Zealand, you actually cross the Antarctic Circle somewhere in the middle of the Southern Ocean. Oh, man. And uh, we had a whole little celebration. It was just, oh, it was so cool. I've driven over the Arctic Circle, but I've sailed now over the Antarctic Circle. Ah, uh, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> and this is, the final thing I would say about this is, if you're a history buff, obviously there's all the wildlife. If not, you know, it's just incredible. And there's no one there. There's no other ships there. Um, but the history buff in you will love it too, because this actually from New Zealand to the Ross Sea to this part of Antarctica is the way of all the ancient explorers. So it's the way mm-hmm. of Scott and Shackleton. It's where all mm-hmm. the explorers and you, you travel in their path. Truly oh, cool. Yeah. Epic indeed. Way to start it yes. off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it gives you a reason to go to New Zealand to, to leave from New Zealand too, I suppose. Oh, oh darn. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Two places um, I've never been. Gosh. One day. Oh, my goodness. I know. Wow. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> you you might have been here. The next one I have is kind of a, it is a festival. Um, it's also an international trip, technically. It's the Winter Carnival in Quebec, Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, I will admit I fudged a little bit on this. Winter Carnival sometimes starts at the end of January Many times it's in February, but it's <laughs> it's right at the beginning of February. So it, it crosses a little bit. Um, kind of like how Oktoberfest is really in September. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I, I also say, and you will see in here, is that not only do you go for the Winter Carnival in Quebec City, um, you go because, uh, what is it, Saguenay, Lakes, uh, Lake St. John is beautiful in the winter Mm. so not only i just spent a day at the carnival quite frankly and then i went up further north of that about three hours to um lac saint jean and you you can do all kinds of stuff i i snowmobiled for two days i i or i snowshoed in the most beautiful forest they call it the ghost forest um and they get like 20 feet of snow so it's like you're walking in a forest but what you realizes that you're just seeing the tip of the trees that they're actually buried under like 12 to 20 feet of snow. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, Cold, uh, but lots of neat places to stay. Uh, I slept with wolves one night. I mean, it's, it's a cool, if you like winter fun and I do, I love outdoor Mm -hmm. winter stuff. um, This is a great area. They get some of the most, most snow ever. Like one of the areas that has the most snow in the world. So it's really cool. 
I recall your Instagram stories from that trip. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember you getting dressed up heavily in like snowmobile gear and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I Quebec, I mean Quebec City and North because that's what I know of Quebec. Oh man, there's like a special place in my heart in my heart for that region. It's so yeah. beautiful and it feels so far away, yes. which is amazing because you hard. could drive your car there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, I did. I actually rented a car and drove up mm-hmm. and it was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's one of those places where most people in that area, north of Quebec city by those lakes, most people go there in the summer. It's a, you know, it's a beautiful, they have fjords in the summer, but once again, like this is kind of the twist on, well, you know, they actually have a ton of stuff to do in the mm-hmm. winter yeah. and not many tourists and lots of locals um, that are out. They have like thousands of miles of snowmobiling trails up there. Mm, it's yeah. really cool. They do. That's yeah. right. I read something about, because I think it's, it, those turn into also like the biking routes in the summertime. Yes. And they have yeah. an incredible, it's like more than they have roads. They have biking yeah. and snowmobile routes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, and it's so gorgeous up there. That's a really, really good spot to mention. Yeah. Yeah. It's cold. You've got to dress right, but mm-hmm. that's, that's fine. You just have to have the right gear. So, yep. um, and then my United States option for January, I go the other direction and talk about Scottsdale, Arizona. I was just there actually this last December. Um, and like, that is the time you want to be in Arizona. Not now. (laughs) Um, But January is a little bit like before their, their busier season starts up. It's still beautifully warm. There's so many great outdoor adventures to have in the desert. This, uh, what is it? The Sonora desert um, and preserve. I went mountain biking, did hiking, um, went to a crazy little outdoor rodeo in January. Hmm. Um, it was fun. Just a fun little, you know, U.S. stop that's not, maybe people don't think about in January. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go on to February. Yeah. February. Okay. So, like I said, I have preface this with, I am a winter person. I like doing winter adventure. <laughs> so, my epic, <laughs> my epic trip in February is... Fairbanks, Alaska. <laughs> the darkest <And> place. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it is epic. Like, if you look at the book and see some of the pictures and some of the oh, stuff you can do yeah. and read further about it on the blog, it is incredible. And I say, you know, this is epic because, I mean, you're, like you said, you're kind of in darkness. You've got things like the Northern Lights. And most people don't even know that one of the best places to to see Northern lights in the whole world is Fairbanks, Alaska. Mm. In fact, I think that you, they say, if you stay three days, you have an 80% chance of seeing it. Ooh. I mean, that's, that's huge. so good. Partially because Fairbanks is inland quite a ways inland. So there's none of that. Like you don't have to worry about the weather as much as you do in Iceland or by the coast in Norway. They don't have any of that kind of coastal weather that, you know, that's often cloudy it's clear skies. They're right on the Aurora Oval, it's called. Um, And it's beautiful. They actually even have an Aurora Institute there. And when I went, I went and talked to the scientists there. And oh, it was fascinating. I actually saw Aurora on Jupiter from one of the scientists. That was cool. Yeah, that was neat. 
Wow. <laughs> it was just an interview I did, but it was fun. Um, so I actually, and the reason I call this epic is I actually stayed for like, I think it was 12 days there. Oh, you and would. I love it. Do. I know. <laughs> There's plenty, plenty to do. Like I went, I did obviously all the Aurora stuff. They've got a hot springs up there that's wonderful in the winter. Um, you can snowmobile. I did not. Instead, I did a whole uh, mushing school. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to mush my own team. I oh learned about gosh. how to take care of the dogs. Um, it was so cool. I did some ice fishing. I did snowshoeing. Um, I walked with reindeers. There's just all kinds of stuff you can do up there. And I put it there because when people think about, lots of people have the Aurora on their list as a bucket list thing, right? And they immediately think of Iceland, yeah. Norway, Scandinavia. Yeah. But we forget that we have one of the best places here, even just in America. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, like the difference in plane, like, Alaska is popular in the summer for good reason, but a plane ticket to Alaska in the winter is half the price. Mm-hmm. It's half the price. And I did this checking when I wrote about it, like it's half the price of what it would get to Norway or Iceland or any of that. Mm-hmm. And to me, even though it's America, the, the culture is just as foreign. Okay. I mean, it's got all the same stuff, but like Alaskans, man, Alaskans in the winter, they're hardy and they're Heck, so yeah. interesting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Tons to do. I am. Um, I'm so sold on this idea. This is my favorite thing we've talked about yet. I mean, we're only four <laughs> in, so I'm in for it. I know I am. But there's an amazing picture, you guys, here on this page of Sherry sitting at a campfire in the middle of snow, like on a log with all these snowy trees around her and the aurora bright green behind her in the sky. <laughs> oh, God. This picture is that epic in really itself. Fun. Yeah. Mm, yep. <laughs> it was a great, great night. We went dog sledding in, at night there. That was actually at the dog sledding school. And we took, I've never done, I mean, I've done dog sledding before, like ridden, but I'd never gone at night. It is crazy. So much snow up there. It's oh. so fun. And then the next morning is when I actually went through the school and then had my own team. The bottom picture is me actually with my own little team of dogs. They're so cute. <laughs> so cool. What an experience. I love yeah. this idea. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, now, the next one is a festival in February, and this one's really unusual. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's in Elko, Nevada, and it's called the Cowboy Poetry Festival. And I went, I had heard about it probably five or six years ago. And ever since I heard about it, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to go to this. <laughs> and I went three years ago, and I loved it. It's quirky. It's, you know, who would think that cowboys are poets, but they are, <laughs> and it, it's amazing. And it's three days in this little town in Elko, northern Nevada. Um, I actually flew into Salt Lake, and then we drove. Okay. Um, and it's, it's great. Like, it's three days of listening to poets. You, they also have, like, new up-and-coming poets. There's a whole music thing. There's dances at night. I mean, like, put on your cowboy hat and get immersed in a culture that you probably never knew existed. Um, it's cool. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's hilarious. After having spent some time living in Northern Nevada, like to have an Elko Nevada thing on this <laughs> list is just funny to me, but I can see it. I mean, at the end of the day, the stories we bring home are about the connection, about the people, about the cultures. And this sounds like that. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was it was great fun. Very unusual and great fun. So um, my other, my last February United States trip is I decided to someplace close to my home here, Winter Park, Colorado, and the ski train. And um, I just did this this year. So starting in January, I think it runs January through March on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Amtrak does a special service from downtown Denver um, to Winter Park, Colorado. And they, they stop right at the base of the mountain. Hmm. Um, it's just a special ski, uh, ski train. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful because you leave Denver at like, I don't know, seven in the morning, the sun's coming up as you're starting to leave Denver and wind through the mountains. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. train ride. Um, and then the fact that it just drops you right there at the ski hill, you can go for the day mm-hmm. or we actually went, uh, overnight and did snowshoeing. Um, it was just, it was great. It was so different. And the cool thing here too is, you know, if you're not someone that likes to drive in the snow or just want to have this unusual train experience, you could technically fly into Denver, take the the train from the, um, there's a local train from the Denver airport that drops you at, at Union Station in downtown Denver and then just catch the Amtrak train there. I mean, you can do this whole thing, get to the mountains all on the trains. And it's yeah. really cool. That's so cool. I didn't know about that. And I want to do it. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, you'd love it. You'd have I mean it's cool. You see everyone on the train with their skis yeah. and it's really I wanna yeah. do it. Um, you know what's funny? I just have to say this. I noticed Carly's the one in your picture here. And yes. <laughs> and these people know Carly too. My listeners know Carly because she oh, was right. she did yeah. the bike trip with me in Switzerland and we we talked about our experience yeah. over fondue. So she's been on the show and she's been on what four of my group trips. And so I love that. And I connected you guys. So hence, this is why yes, she's she here now. But I love it. I love that she's the one in this photo. <laughs> Damn, now I have more FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> Even more. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. I love it. Was it. Great. She's always up for a good adventure. Oh, That's what I love about her. Me too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did you have any other things for February from your list oh. of extensive places? You know what? I am going to throw one out there, um, which I just want to make sure is not somewhere else on your list right now. Oh, but I was going to say for February, February is always the month that I host my uh, women's retreats in Ecuador, mainland Ecuador. Um, and the reason is because so in, in Ecuador, uh, in Cotopaxi, specifically is where we go and um the weather the climate around the equator is generally pretty constant year round however february is like one of the even better windows of the constant climate and so um i'm going to throw that out there for february that cotopaxi especially for climbers i know it's a good time if you want to actually climb on cotopaxi um I have only hiked up to the refugio that's like, oh, it's at about 16,000 feet, but the top of Cotopaxi is is over 19. And so um, you, you can still get pretty high up there. But it is an incredibly beautiful place to go. It's not hot. It's not like your hot destination. Don't think that when you think equator, but um, because you're at 12,000 feet base and then um, you can hike and you can bike and 
Um, but there's, you know what? It's funny. I actually just talked about this like in the last episode. It's coming to me now. <laughs> I, I, I threw out this hacienda um, that I just love uh, that's down there. But I mean, there are multiple haciendas and even hostels and places to go. So um, I would also encourage people to consider Ecuador, mainland Ecuador um, for February. Cool. I've never been to Ecuador <gasps> yet. <laughs> Sherry, I know we need to change that. I was, I was supposed to go in June, and of course, that got oh. canceled. Mm. It's gotten moved back to October, so we'll see if that actually happens. Okay. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I hope to make it there. Yeah, I I hope you do too. And if not, meet me there <laughs> next, you know, February or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I normally do surfing down in that area in February, so mm. that would be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've never surfed there. I've actually never been to the coast of Ecuador. I've only been oh. all over the everything else. They say that Ecuador <laughs> has, they call it like the four, I think it's like four worlds or something, because they have the coast, the the highlands, the Amazon, and the Galapagos. Um, and I've I've just done Amazon and the highlands. Uh, which I mean, I'm so enamored oh, cool. with, but there's so much more even to see in that small country. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope I make it. We'll see. I hope we all make it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay, March. Epic trip March is one that will not def. It'll definitely not be for everyone. But if you are a crazy adventure person, this is for you. It's called the Rickshaw Run. Uh, they run it in India and Sri Lanka. Um, and I, when I did it, I did it in India. It was a two week race basically across India, driving a little auto rickshaw. (laughs) Um, it's a, basically, if you don't know what an auto rickshaw is, it's like a little three wheel vehicle, three cylinder, seven horsepower. Um, it's like a lawnmower. Is it like a (laughs) tuk-tuk? I'm seeing the picture. Is it, it's like a tuk-tuk, right? Okay, yeah, so awesome. some people might know it by that name. That's true. In India and Sri Lanka, they'll call it a rickshaw. Okay. That's true. Um, and they're normally just used, rickshaws are used all over those countries. They're used for short distance transport, like mm-hmm. taxis and stuff like that. Yeah, like tuk-tuks in Thailand. Uber now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no they way, you can get a rickshaw Uber? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I bet, that's funny. <laughs> oh, I know, culture. I <laughs> um, Yes. But, you know, these vehicles are not meant to be driven long distances. Obviously, if you take one look at them, you'll understand why. But (laughs) this race, actually, you drive across India. We drove 2,000 miles in a tuk-tuk or rickshaw. Um, (laughs) And, I mean, it is a true adventure. I mean, it is to just drive in India is insane. And to drive in like one of the smallest vehicles in India where everything is inverse, the smaller you are, the less rights you have. Um, It, you know, it's, it was scary. I will say that, but also fun. (laughs) Can I just, I'm going to just quote this book real quick because you guys have to hear Uh this. A rickshaw puts you right at the bottom of the road hierarchy in South Asia. It's probably the least suitable vehicle on the planet for covering any distance. You'll experience a culture that appears chaotic, but somehow works. And the best part is you become one with the chaos. (laughs) Oh, man. Wait, so did you do this with locals or did you? No, I did it with a girlfriend of mine. Okay. Uh, She 
yeah, it was just her and I. So two girls driving a rickshaw across rural oh, India. Crazy. That sounds like something um, my girlfriends and I would do. <laughs> fun. You get to pimp out your rickshaw. You get it like custom painted. You send them designs. Uh, you do this for no charity way. too, I should mention. This oh. isn't just for the thrill of it. Okay. But this is a charity race. Yeah. So we raised cool. a whole bunch of money for charity water when we did it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it did. It takes about two weeks. Um, you're nothing will go smooth. Nothing <laughs> will go smooth. That's all I can say. Like mm. your, your rickshaw will break down probably multiple times a day. You'll need <laughs> welders. There'll be little kids that run over and like fix it with a spoon and you're <laughs> off again. And it's, it's insane. It is, oh my it is really like close to the ground travel. It, it, I was absolutely true in that whole idea of like, you are one with that country. Wow. <laughs> so, that sounds like one of the most ultimate adventures ever. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And it is something, you know, you can, like I said, the India one is, it's actually raced three times a year. Um, and this happens to be one of the times. Uh, and it's, um, what was I going to say? It, like I said, it's for charity. It's something you can do in two weeks. So if you have two weeks of vacation, you could do it. I also put down Sri Lanka here because uh, since I did the race, they've also added Sri Lanka and that's only a week. Okay. And quite honestly, having been to both countries multiple times, Sri Lanka is less chaotic. I mean, okay. India is the big leagues of travel anywhere right. you go. But Sri Lanka, if you want to like ease into the rickshaw run, <laughs> I would suggest Sri Lanka. Cool. Do you know which it's only one? Is it the same month? Uh, yeah, it's March. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Oh man, talk yeah. about epic! Really cool. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah, and you can raise money for a really you know for a cause that you want. Yep. So that's super cool too. Um, and March, as far as international goes, I put down the Sea of Cortez, which I did give you a warm option. Finally. Um, <laughs> And I know uh, this is an area that most people don't know about either. This, do you know where the Sea of Cortez is? I do because I lived in Loretto for a couple of months. And so actually some of my listeners probably do know it. Well, or they right. could recall when I was living in, in Baja and, <laughs> and maybe connect the dots here. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's in Mexico and it's really, oh, man, not many people know about it to me. I guess I've never been to the Galapagos, but it is, I have a feeling that it's very similar. Um, the wildlife there, the nature is incredible. Mm-hmm. There's no one there. This is a small ship um, type of adventure that I put down. Uh, I cruised around the Sea of Cortez for a week and, you know, you can uh, swim with um, uh, sea lions. We went whale watching. We did kayaking. We rode horses. You know, all of this on you know on a boat. Basically, you stop at these little tiny places and zodiac to the shore and do adventures. And it's really, really beautiful. You learn a ton. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny is I also mentioned this in the very last episode that I the same one where I was oh. talking about Ecuador. But it's because it stands out so much to me. Um, so were you on Uncruise when you did this? I was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's like a hundred person boat. It's very small and it feels very intimate. That's a really, oh, really yeah. cool experience. If you guys can yeah. do that, that's called uncruise. But, um, I did a, I talked on in the last episode about a three, it's a six day, um, kayak camping in the islands of Loretto Bay national park. 
And Ooh, so uh, three days there and then three days while watching in Magdalena Bay um, uh, at Magdalena Whale Camp. so cool. Yeah. So <laughs> this is now the second time this has come up in two episodes. So it's yeah. it's worth it. It's a gem. Um, yeah. It's just one very of those. Unknown. Yeah. Very unknown. And um, and very dear to my heart. So you guys, please be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one of those places that I just, I love and I want to help protect it. And, you know, it's our responsibility yeah. to be uh, smart travelers when we, when we visit these, these really off the beaten path places. So, and especially the small ones that don't have a lot of infrastructure. And, yeah. Yeah. But good one. That's definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my, let's see, my USA trip for March is actually... Nebraska. <laughs> not something that people would think of, but nope. Nebraska in March has one of the most awesome wildlife migrations in the world, and that's the Sandhill Cranes mm. um, along the Platte River. And, you know, people go there from all over. It is an incredible sight to see. And um, I bet so to hear. Not, yeah. They make yeah. crazy noises. They sound like aliens, and they're huge. <laughs> they look like aliens, too. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But just, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, this little part of Nebraska, this is, you know, this is their Super Bowl for them in March when the cranes come. Mm-hmm. So, but they are set up to really, you know, handle the, the tourism there. Um, they've got a bunch of like little blinds and stuff that you watch out of. Of course, this is a really popular thing for photographers. But if you just like birds or like the thought of like, maybe you've been wanting to see the migration in Africa and don't have the time or the money to go there. This is a cool option. Go to Nebraska. Um, very different. Yeah. yeah. Nebraska. You can drive there too. <laughs> I mean, it's right in the middle. Everybody can get to Nebraska. <laughs> You're, You're right. <laughs> That's a little bit different for the U.S., but I love Nebraska. I went to college there so, and I actually lived there for a while. Cool. So, you know what? Yeah. Though, I, that's what I love about this book is it's like is that you have been. OK, I, can we highlight something real quick? You've been so many places and so many places off the beaten path. That's like one of the things I love about you. And you've never been to the Galapagos. I want to just like <laughs> clap my no. hands because that's one of the big iconic things. And here you've been all over. You have all these amazing stories and you've never been to the Galapagos. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I haven't either. I have yeah, there. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I kind of probably do that. I've been, I could have went a number of times and it just never, never interested me. Never. And went. the reason actually one of the things that's kind of getting me there potentially for this trip in October that was moved to October is the Galapagos are interesting to me, but it's also, it's going into the Amazon um, that I was really interested in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just, you know, there are people like us who gravitate to the lesser known mm-hmm. and we love it. And it's because it's so special. I mean, I think you you learn that as you travel to these places. So I'm really happy to see yeah. that this crane migration in Nebraska is in this book. I think that's awesome. Pretty sure Lonely Planet won't <laughs> say that. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I they will. So but yeah, not in like their main book, you know, so. No. Uh, cool. No. So uh, let's see. April. April, we, I, I know I'm sending everyone to cold places, but <laughs> it is the time to go to the Canadian Arctic. And um, I went on a trip up there also about four years ago to the Canadian Arctic to an area, uh, to Inuvik, 
And there's another little town called Toyotuk. Toyotuk. Yes. Um, And uh, I mean, this is, this is the time you want to go up there. I know April seems like, Oh, it's spring. It's not up there (laughs) at all. Mm. Uh, In fact, the cool thing, this was an, and let me know, this is an epic trip. So one, it's hard to get there. Um, I took me two days from New York to get there on flights because of the chartered flights you have to take days. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I have it actually on this post. I know I made a little map of where I left. I mean, it's, you are up. I'm, Tuk is on the Arctic Ocean, if that gives you an idea of how high you are up in Canada. So um, it's a, it's quite a hard place to get to at times. But boy, if you can get wow. there, you'll have the time of your life. It's, it's so interesting. Is it this uh, very, very top fi- uh, mark on the map on in Canada? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's up there. It's a ways. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And the cool thing about this, I mean, there's all kinds of things that make this epic, but um, I went there one, it was actually a festival that I went to called the Muskrat Jamboree. But during that time, um, they actually heard reindeer over the ice road. And it's an, it's just an annual event that happens. Thousands of reindeer that are herded by snowmobile across the tundra over an ice road. And an ice road is basically a frozen river um, and they call it an ice road because obviously in the winter, everything up there, when you get up that high, uh, is like, what do I want to say? It's, it's lots of water, lots of water. And that all freezes up in the winter, obviously, and their winters are long and those become their roads. So they actually have more access to get around in the winter than they do in the summer. Um, okay. so they heard the reindeer over the ice road. It is an epic spectacle to see and over to their like spring um calving grounds i think it is Mm -hmm. which is a a island and they have to take them over there then because obviously everything is frozen so not only do you get to watch that um you can actually herd some reindeer if you want on a Mm -hmm. snowmobile um my favorite thing that was driving these ice roads so there's a picture here of me holding a sign that says arctic ocean and i'm standing on the arctic ocean it's frozen it is what? our highway that we're driving on yeah oh I, it was gosh. just crazy oh my gosh that makes me nervous um, sherry <laughs> it did for me too but it was amazing i mean it's it's a highway and they have signs and speed limits and everything it's oh my, so cool that's wild yeah. Literally. So we had a big van and we drove up there. Um, you know, you see these really remote communities, you learn all about the first nations and how they hunt and survive in the winter and so much snow. So interesting. We also, something I've never done before. And it was so cool. One night we, or one day, it actually took us all day. We built an igloo ourselves, <laughs> built an igloo. And then I slept in it that night. Amazing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So pretty cool stuff. <laughs> Yeah. What an experience. <laughs> oh, your epicness is just so epic. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <sighs> so, so yeah, April's a great time to go. Also a great area to go in the summer. But I just, I loved the idea of the ice roads. That was my big draw, um, as well as the reindeer for that matter. Um, okay, I will warm you up. April International, I have chosen Saba Island, which no one, very, very few people have heard of. It's actually, it's a Caribbean island, but it's the Netherlands. Yeah. Saba is S-A-B-A, by the way. Yeah. 
Save Up Island. Okay. A cool thing, a few things that make it, there are many things that make it cool. I went two years ago, I think. Um, and it's only a, oh gosh, 15 minute plane ride from, is it Martinique? I think so. Uh, Martinique. Um, so it's not far or like a couple hour ferry or something like that. You can also do a ferry. It is the only Island in all of the Caribbean that doesn't have a beach, which made me really happy because I like mountains and stuff like that. I don't like a beach necessarily. It looks like the King Kong Island. It's just a huge volcano that comes up out of the water in the middle of the water. And, and it's five miles, basically square miles or something like that. So not big. They've got one road. It's just, it's such a unique culture. And it's the Netherlands with a Caribbean twist. Wow. They've got incredible ecosystems to hike through. Um, And nice little trivia fact, it is the tallest point of the Netherlands, technically. (laughs) I think it's 300 feet is the top of the volcano that you can hike up to the top. Um, They're known for their world-class diving. Most people come over from Martinique just for the day and do diving and then go back. Mm. Um, But I I stayed there three nights on the island and I fell in love with it and the people. They're crazy. Mm. I love them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is, it's really cool thing. And final thing that makes it fun. If you're a good adventurer and like to fly and don't mind small planes, it has the smallest commercial runway in the world. And if you do click over and see the blog post that I wrote, you'll see the runway. It's, it's on top of a cliff. The only, (gasps) and they have the only flat part of the Island is right there. And you basically, land and if you go too far it's like a little bit bigger than an aircraft carrier and then you go off the cliff into the water <laughs> so, so fun okay so go to Saba, everybody <laughs> like, no. i might take the boat <laughs> it was actually it was smooth it was everything was good it okay. was really fun oh man how we <laughs> trust our pilots don't we I know, I do. Oh <laughs> I love small planes. Oh man! Um, Oof, okay, we differ there. <laughs> yeah, but but you would love the island. You would love the hiking. You would love the people. Ugh, oh, it's I so bet. so so cool. That sounds so cool. Um, you know, I've never. Fun fact: I've never actually. Well, technically, I have, but I've never actually been to a Caribbean island. Not a single one. I've never been to any of them, um, except for San I Andres. <laughs> There's oh really? Oh. Okay, have you ever uh-huh. heard of San Andres? San Andres? No. It's a Colombian island off the coast of Nicaragua. And I once went there during my spring break when I was living in Costa Rica, like forever ago, 2004. Uh, But it, when you said it's the it's a, the, the island in the Caribbean without any beaches, I immediately thought of this island too because it's similar. It's like it's just super rocky, like it just doesn't have like yeah. good beaches. But um, but it was and that's the only part of Colombia that I've touched too. So that's, that's a very funny. kind of unique place. <laughs> There's one for you. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll like we'll it. share that one for April because I think I went in like March, so it's probably be fine. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's great. You know, I think. When you're a Caribbean island without a beach, you have to try harder in other ways. Mm-hmm. And that's where, to me, the culture really comes out here. Yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. you know, I was there three days and everyone in town, in the towns all knew me. Like, Aww. it was crazy. I get into a taxi and they're like, well, the one taxi that was there. And they'd be <laughs> like, so we heard that you had some trouble on the trail the other day. And oh, I'm God. like, yeah, how'd you, how'd you hear that? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, funny. <laughs> 
funny. Oh, That's cool. It. That's really cool. Yeah. Aww, I like it. Yeah. Um, and then my United States in April, of course, I had to throw Hawaii in there, which is pretty typical, you know, Maui. But I also threw in Lanai, which is an island that many people do not know about in, in Hawaii. Um, it's very different than the other islands, but it is one of the Hawaiian islands. And you can get there from Maui on a ferry. Uh, I actually stayed there like a week, but really fun place to go off-roading. Um, I think, like, what is it? Red Bull had their cliff diving championships there. It's very cliffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but also some secluded beaches. Um, it also has, it's so weird. It has this whole, like, pine tree forest that when you're in it, you're like, I'm not in Hawaii. What? This is crazy. Yeah. Wow. That does not Beautiful. sound, Yeah. And there's really very little paved road here. So a fun thing to do is rent a Jeep and go out oh, off-roading. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I really like that. I And you know, Hawaii, I don't know if you feel this way or if you guys out there listening felt this way if you've been to Hawaii, but I it was all I could do not to speak like some foreign language to the taxi drivers. <laughs> and like, I, I'm like, my dollar works here. My phone works here. Like, what is this place? Cause it, it does not feel, like feel no, it doesn't nope. feel like us. And, and, and that's exciting. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it it's just kind of a, it's strange, but it's exciting because it feels more adventurous and, and it has so much culture over there. So it's definitely yeah. like a domestic adventure for sure. Big time. Yeah. A good place to go during COVID. I mean, you know, if we're we're staying <laughs> domestic in a way, yeah, and could still be a good get option. away, yeah, yeah. Um, so before we move on to May, I'm going to throw another one on to April here, and this isn't U.S. But um, have you been to the Algarve region of Portugal? No. Okay, so I've only been to Portugal once. Where did you go in Portugal? Uh, I was just Lisbon and Porto. Okay, so that's northern. Yeah, so um, the Algarve region of Portugal is the southern. It's a very southern tip of Portugal. And it is, oh my goodness. I mean, crystal clear green waters, cliffs, um, beaches. Like it is so beautiful. And it's at the end, the edge of Europe. So you can go to like the the southwesternmost point of Europe and there's lighthouses and you can go cave kayaking and oh. mountain biking, well, kind of like gravel road biking. Yeah. Um, you can, I mean, the, Lagos is the name, n- main town down there. And I fell in love with that little place. Actually, it's not the main town, but it's one of the small villages, I suppose, down there. Yeah. And the cuisine is amazing. It's very affordable. And April's a good time to go because actually Portugal, being where it is with its climate, it doesn't have really an off season, which is cool because you can go yeah. any time of year. Um, but April is kind of, it's a, it's still a shoulder season for tourism. And so... Um, it's a really good time to visit because it's starting to warm up and there are fewer tourists. And yeah, so Algarve region of Portugal. There's a a hike I want to do down in that area that starts down there too. So I've had my eye on it. That sounds wonderful. I'll go with you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let's go in April. Our our year is going to be planned for 2021 at this rate. My goodness. (laughs) Oh, Oh. this is a great escape. I hope that people at home are enjoying this as much as I am because I feel like we're traveling right now and oh, 
you know how much that means right now. <laughs> it's just so I nice. Know. We all need this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Where are we going next? Hey. So May, we are heading to a place that I'm, I know you and I have talked about a lot, and that is Spain and the Camino de Santiago. That mm-hmm. is the epic trip I have for May. Um, I did it in actually April, May timeframe. I think May is still a really good time. This is the 500 mile walk across Spain, um, Northern Spain specifically. I'm sure lots of people have heard of the Camino de Santiago. There are a lot of different routes, but Mm -hmm. it's a really good time of the year to do it. I did take the whole month. It took me actually five weeks to get it done. Now, this is one that's an epic trip because more of the the length of it, it doesn't actually cost much. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's a budget-friendly epic trip. How's that? Um, If you're willing to sleep in hostels and stuff like that, which is part of the fun of the Camino. Um, so it's a great time to do it. The summer gets really, really busy and hot. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite things I'll just say about doing the Camino at this time of year, Mayish timeframe is when I started, it was so beautiful because when I started, like all the fields and stuff were just being planted or just, you know, the, the vines on all the, all the vineyards and stuff, they were still Brown. But by the time you finish five weeks later, everything is lush. Mm. And so it's one of these rare opportunities where you wake up every day and you walk and you walk and you walk and you see spring happen mm. like for a full month, like you're out there in it. And it's just such a cool transition to walk through. Mm-hmm. Not many people have like walked through spring. That's, I mean, yeah, sure. We experience yeah, it, right. but walking through spring is really cool. <laughs> I think that that really lends well to the environment of the trail itself not maybe not the environment, the idea, the the culture, the internal transformation, just of everything that I've heard about what that walk does for people, to people, you know. And so yes. to transition with the season, like as you're walking, it's I think cool. that also sounds quite magical. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It was an unintended thing that happened. It was just one of these things I realized after the fact that like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. um let's see may i chose a festival it's an international festival um and it is called temps de flor in girona spain so uh kind of a catalonia area of spain it's just north of barcelona about an hour uh every may they have this incredible flower festival and it's i don't know it's been going on forever i don't think they had it this year though sadly but basically, it's this medieval town that still has all of its medieval walls intact. It's beautiful in and of itself. But for these two weeks during the festival, they put flower displays up all over the mm-hmm. town. Um, and it's just, it's beautiful to walk around. Um, they also, like all the restaurants, have flower-inspired menus, things like that. So if you're a flower person, this is a really cool thing to go to. And I recommend if you can go even before it starts, like I happened to be there a few times um, as they were setting it up. And it's really fun to just even like watch it all being set up, if you ask me. Mm. And if you stay there in the town, in the medieval town, you can get up early and walk around and have the best views because it is a big festival. So lots of people come in on a bus from other parts of Spain. And it's a lot of local Spaniards. I mean, it's it's the Spanish coming to it mainly. You, you won't see many Americans there at all. Um, I love that. But if you can go early, 
because we all know the Spanish don't get up very early. <laughs> if you can go early in the day, it's great. <laughs> you don't have to worry about them till at least noon. <laughs> no, exactly. That's a <laughs> so great idea, though. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, because I, I don't know if, if listeners are aware of this, but there's a major uh, tulip season in the Netherlands in April. And so if you're a, it, like, if you're a flower person, you're going over for that, you could extend and go south a little bit and check this out. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. And Girona is such a pretty city anyway. It is. It's worth a I visit. Mean, I've spent mm-hmm. months there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually have another eat book that you wrote about what that oh, area is. Oh, yeah. I have a number so, of books yeah. around those areas. Yeah. Yeah, you Game of Thrones was filmed there in Girona too. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, May in the United States. I put down Northern California, um, and I'm not talking about San Francisco. I'm talking about north of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So a few years back, I did this solo road trip, uh, and I. Basically, my goal was to go, I called it the B-sides trip, which anyone who remembers records, there was a B-side that wasn't as popular. So I was trying <laughs> to go to the, the lesser visited places. So instead of going to like Napa and Sonoma, I went to Lodi, which is an area that most people didn't know about at that time. Or instead of going to Yosemite, I went to Lassen Volcanic National Park. Yep. Um, so it was really kind of a take on that. Like, what's the most popular things in these places? And what's the similar thing you can do that fewer people know about? Um, so that's what this whole Northern California road trip is kind of about. One of the cool things, we all hear about Highway 1 between LA and San Francisco. It is beautiful. It's extremely well-traveled. Um, if you want the rugged, original, like kind of Highway 1, you need to go north of San Francisco all the way up to yeah. Redwood National oh, Forest. It's yeah. gorgeous and not many people there at all. Just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And we all think, you know, Maine is known for their lighthouses. There is a string of lighthouses up that part of the coast that's beautiful. And some of them you can even stay in as like they, mm-hmm. you can rent them out on Airbnb. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That is super cool. Well, yeah. So yeah. really a fun one place in California to go to. Yep. Redwoods. I actually did um, Lassen in, so it was early June. So this is May. Was early there still June. snow? Uh, we, no, actually it wasn't bad. Oh, it wasn't bad. Um, we were able to hike and still like see the mud pots. And I mean, they have mud nice. pots like Yellowstone does. It's very volcanic yes. up there. It's really cool. It's so cool. And people yeah. don't know about it. And it's like I right know. there. You say it and most people have yeah. no idea. It is really in the shadow of the other parks there, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. California but is amazing. It, it's so big. I mean, there's so much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's very true. I say fly into like, I don't know, San Francisco or Sacramento mm-hmm. and go north. And there's a lot of interesting history up there, too. It's mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah. We so. even, I did this trip with my, my mom and my grandma. It was a three-generation oh. girls trip. Yeah, so, uh, about five years ago now. And um, we rented an RV in Reno and oh, drove, fun. like started at the Redwoods and went north. Um, and it was, re- yeah, right around that time of year. It was, it was great. Beautiful. Well, and, and it's easy. It's easy. It is easy. It yeah. is easy. And 
actually that's kind of what I did. I did a solo road trip, but I did it with a juicy camper van. So I just had you know, van life camper van that was like the size of a Dodge, whatever minivan. And I just dipped all around, stayed in the campgrounds. It was awesome. Oh, you just upped it a level. You just upped it an epic point. (laughs) Yeah. So you can actually rent juicy uh, camper vans. Uh, You can rent from Oakland. Mm -hmm. And I took it basically for a whole week. And I left from Oakland and I did this whole circle in if you do the read about it kind of thing, you'll see the whole map that I did and where I stopped and so on. But it was great. It was a great thing to do as a solo or if you have a friend that wants to go, the camper van thing is great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, I'm going to throw one more in for May before we move on, just because I could have also said this in April, but I think May is actually a better time to do this. But it's my bike tour that I did along the Danube in Austria. Um, so again, yeah. international, but it's the, it's a really great time to go because they're just starting their season. Um, it's springtime. It's before tourists really hit it. Um, and it's before it gets really hot. And that is such a cool bike trip. I did that one by myself nice. completely. And I Ooh. think about it so often that week that I spent on my own on a bike in Austria was, is so special to me. And so highly I highly recommend when you did that. Yeah. <laughs> this a self-guided bike tour on the Danube for May for international. Heck yeah. That's a good one. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I did a Danube one in Germany, not a bike trip, but a um it was just more of a road trip, but it was also very fun. Yeah. So beautiful area around there. It is. I want to go back. I'm like when can I go back? Oh. Who can I take with me? Like, I want to have another experience there because I, it's just, I don't know. I think when you bike a landscape, it becomes part of you, you know, like you really earn it. Yes. It's different. It's like hiking. Like something. hiking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like you really it's just, you put yourself in it and mm-hmm. in it comes with you. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. a challenge. And I think mm-hmm. anytime you achieve a challenge, it also yeah. brings a lot more meaning to the place, to you, to to everything. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. um, Okay. Okay. June. Epic. June. Now this is epic. Yes. We have Greenland. Oh, this picture. (laughs) Stop it. Mm. I'm sitting in a kayak behind Sherry on this amazingly calm water with like Uh, big rock formations and islands. What are we in a fjord? Oh my gosh. Yes, we are in a fjord. And okay. look at the color of that water. Isn't that I, crazy? Yeah. It looks like mm. it would look like that you're like down in the Caribbean or something. Yeah. But it's Greenland. Uh, it's crazy. I, Greenland <laughs> is so high on my list. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's right. You have a god. I do remember that. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Well, I've actually been there twice. And uh, so that's uh, why I put this down. It is beautiful. If you want to see something that, you know, it's a little bit more, a little easier accessible than Antarctica, let's say. Um, But it's something you've never seen before. Like Greenland is the place to go. Um, If you're a nature person, it is the place to go without a doubt. So Mm. I say, I've been there twice. Like I said, I've been to the town of Nook. um, And I've also cruised down the western side of it, both very, very fun, like in a small expedition ship. Um, but there's so like, I've already found things I want to do and go back. There's some epic hikes over there where you can walk across the tundra for four days and camp. Wow. It's really cool. Shari, um, can I please come with you next time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 this is so awesome. <sighs> okay. Uh, 
and I think, I don't know, I think any of these Arctic things, um, you know, I even mentioned the Canadian Arctic for, you know, April. I think it's important to try to get to the Arctic if you can. I mean, every year the Arctic changes a little bit more to me. Mm. And with, you know, ice shrinking and the passageways opening up more, it's just, it's not going to be like this forever, you know? Um, So I think it's one of those places that is one of these places you should see sooner rather than later if you can. So Mm -hmm. I know it's not always possible for people. It is, it is quite a, a journey, but it is possible. Like I actually, the first time when I went, I went, I went from Iceland. So do, you know, we always have cheap cheap flights to Iceland, it seems like, when we're traveling again. Um, And then there's charters that go over to Greenland um, certain days and so on. And that's how I got over to Nook. And then from there, you know, I was able to take like water taxis and go through fjords and do stuff, you know, from there too. So there's some, there's a few ways you can get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, and then my international trip for June, June is a great time for this, uh, Fjord, Norway road trip. So I'm dying over here. Most people, I mean, Norway is a very popular place, certainly, but most people go to Norway on a boat, uh, quite honestly, and they go through the fjords on boats, uh, which is beautiful, but there's also a lot of big ships there that I, it's just not my style. Right. So I love road trips and road trips are, you know, the next thing now for COVID. So mm-hmm. um, this was actually a road trip that I took specifically um, all around the fjords of Norway. So you can also drive these fjords, um, which is really fun. That also means you can get out and kayak and do other yeah. things. I actually met goat farmers and it was so fun. The other thing to just note what makes Norway so cool, this is what actually got me interested in doing a road trip in Norway. They have um, these things called the National Tourist Routes, and there's like 12 or so of them. And they are roads that they've made specifically to try to get more tourists driving out there. Um, And there's all these beautiful um, art displays and visitor sections. I mean, it's beautiful. So they, they basically hired artists to do sculptures and stuff like that along the way. It's just, it's mm. stunning. Mm-hmm. It's stunning. They've made it really, really nice for road trips. So amazing. it's a good one to do. June is a little bit, if you can do it the earlier June, the better. Um, it's before the big rush of tourists come in on the boats and stuff like that. Yeah. Yet I have what it'll be like after all this, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but okay. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Except for this nail biting roads bit, I, I thought oh. I'll bring my ginger tabs and C bands. <laughs> yeah, Trollstegen Road. We went up. That was one of their tourism routes, and it is oh my god, it's a crazy road. One of the craziest roads you'll ever see. It's just like full of switchbacks, one lanes, but beautiful when you get to the top. So oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, June. In the United States, I chose Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah! <laughs> you sound so surprised. Well, I like the, I like this idea. I'm intrigued for what's coming, just because I know this is like a small college town. Well, I don't know about it. Maybe yeah. it's a college city, but it's always kind of intrigued yeah. me. So, yeah, and you, 
I had never been there myself. Mm -hmm. I just went last November, actually. And I went because I was researching and wanting to learn more about the supper club culture, which is, uh, if you've ever been up in Wisconsin or maybe northern Minnesota, you'll hear the term supper club. And there's a whole kind of culture and phenomenon about it that's really cool. Um, so I went there to try that out. But I, what I learned that surprised me is Madison is a lake town. Um, there are so many lakes around there and mm -hmm. they've got so many biking trails and things to do on the lake and stuff like that. Um, that's why I chose June. I mean, it's just, it's one of these cities that people don't always think about. Um, but there's so many great little outdoor things to do. And then they've got this neat, you know, like dinner club culture at the end. And it's, it's cool. really cool. One of the things that I loved is they just do a really nice job of taking what is quintessentially Wisconsin or what we think of as quintessential Wisconsin and they've turned them into experiences that people hands-on experiences that tourists can have I so love that. Mm -hmm. yeah it's they've done a real I just I love their tourism group they're just really innovative I went to a bitters boot camp um, <laughs> so I learned how to make bitters because old fashions Wisconsin old fashions are one of like their I don't know state drink I would say yeah but it, it was cool. You learned wow. all about it. I walked away and made myself bitters and, wow. you know, oh, it was neat. That's yeah. So cool. Not to mention cheese curds. I oh. mean, Wisconsin yes. cheese curds. <laughs> very, very good. Um, just give them to me by the bag. Thank you. <laughs> and they have so many good uh, breweries in Wisconsin. I will also say oh, that out. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Yes, it is a good beer state. I was just watching something, just their German culture in general. Like that's one of those little pockets that you could go to in Madison or oh, maybe it's Milwaukee, but still Wisconsin. The German culture there is is very strong, um, you know, where you can kind yeah. of feel like you're traveling internationally sometimes when you're not. <laughs> cool. Wow. Who knew? Wisconsin. Yeah. It's also like yes. you can drive there. It's right in the middle. <laughs> yep. yep. And they actually, I was surprised there was a direct flight from Denver to Madison, but they also have some really big corporations there. So you'd uh -huh. be surprised. You can get direct flights in there, like for that size of a city. I was really surprised. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I like that one. Um, um, yeah. What do you think about taking a break between the, the <laughs> for the second half of the year? Because uh, we are well right. into this. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not it. No, no, no. I didn't mean it like that at okay. all. Well. <laughs> um, but I think maybe we could cut this in half. Um, and actually, it would make it yeah. easier for listeners to if they if they see this is first half of the year versus second half of the year, if they're in planning mode, it'll Ooh. even help them to yep. kind of narrow down uh, what they want to listen to. Okay. Cool. Well, let's take a break then and we'll come back for the second half of the year in the next episode. <laughs> but so far, <laughs> thank you for all of this. I am like, it's Friday right now and I'm ready for like a vacation. And um, suddenly, sadly, I'm about to just go back to reality. But <laughs> <laughs> no. no, this no, has no. been so fun, <laughs> though. I'm very much looking to the second half, looking forward to the second half of the year, too. <laughs> I am too. It's fun for me to relive it all. So it's great. Ah, yeah. Oh, so fun. Okay, great. Well, let's pick up this conversation um, a little bit later. We'll be right back for you guys. 
All right. As I mentioned, stay tuned or flip right to the next episode to get the second half of this conversation and second half of the year where we'll take you to the Russian Arctic. What? Argentina, Mongolia, and so many places in between. Again, links are in the show notes. If you want to let us know what you think about this episode, hit us up on Instagram. You can find me at Traveling Jackie and Sherry at Otsworld. Thank you so much for listening. We will be right back. <laughs>